This is DJ and Allison and welcome to Neon Nonsense. But who are DJ and Allison, you may ask? That is an excellent question. <laughs> Allison is most equipped to talk about this subject, <laughs> at least half of this subject. Hi, I'm Allison and I'm based in Seattle. I have a neon shop here called Radiant Neon. And a little bit about me, I am a little bit ridiculous, and I only do things that are fun and interesting, and especially if they're a little bit dangerous, that's uh, why I love fire and neon and electricity. That's that's definitely where my vibe comes from. Um, I'm also obsessed with dogs, and I'm not talking about, like, my mm. dogs. I'm talking about all dogs. To be clear, all dogs everywhere ever, so... So you've just you've just been yeah. duped into a dog podcast. <laughs> Welcome to everyone. Neon Dog Nonsense. <laughs> How about you, DJ? Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Danielle James. I've gone by DJ since I was in grade school because Full House was very popular and there were lots of Danielles in my mm. class and everyone was like, Well, this makes sense and they <laughs> did it for me and it stuck and um, I'm part of DJ Neon and also um, Hex Neon, and I'm over in Durham, North Carolina, in the beautiful pine tree state, and it's gorgeous, and we have beaches and mountains in lots of mobility up to the East Coast, if necessary, for projects, which is um, kind of ideal. Um, to be fair, we have all of that in Seattle, too, just not the ease of access to the East Coast, so... It's true. There and that's go. why I think it's really cool that we can come together with our different points of views on different subjects based on our location. Yeah. You know, things aren't, things are easier to get in certain places. Um, certainly cool. now with a lot of neon, sh- you know, a lot of uh, our materials, we don't have a ton of options. So true. As much as we uh, used to. In the- yeah. I'm just saying we're in cool places on both sides of this, like... It's very true. Place. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also love dogs. I have a dog. His name is Vincent Price. Uh, and we call him Vinny for short, and you will hear him throughout the entirety of this podcast. Same. Reggie and um, Rhoda will join in on our podcast. Yeah. We will have discussions yeah. about boundaries and personal <laughs> space. It's going to be great. <laughs> and we will also have many special guests. Yes. And... Uh, wonderful people here to talk us and school us on how things used to be done and how True. they can save our bacon in the present all the time. All these little nuggets of information. We have so many stories about how many times our village has saved us. Yes. It's getting ridiculous, actually. Our goal is to share a little bit about ourselves, why we're doing this, and kind of what brought us to the place we're in at the moment on our journeys because we both have our own shops but we also have interesting stories for why we're in the place where we are take a beanbag chair and settle down for a story 
How did how did Radiant Neon come about, Allison? Oh. Well, the truth is I've always wanted to make neon. Well, that's not true. I suppose around the beginning of my undergrad, I finally stopped believing the lie that I could be an artist instead of a different cog in a different wheel. And I actually saw Joseph Cousseth, Five Words in Orange Neon, at the Portland Art Museum during my fine arts class. And for some reason, it was just, I, I'd never really seen neon other than on a on marquee or out in the world. And it was just interesting. I was like, okay, well, that's cool. And it started to really pique my interest in pursuing what it would take to make that. And even at the time, it took me a long time to figure out, where do we even start? So I finished undergrad, I, my undergrad is in communication, and it was mostly because I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I got a degree that makes you qualified to do anything, but it's not really qualifying you to do anything, so that's my <laughs> undergrad story. And then mm-hmm. even, you know, even in, in time, I, I went to grad school, and I had a great experience getting into the arts scene in Seattle, and... The more I studied arts nonprofits, the more I realized I'm not going to use this degree either. So I have a lot of education that's been helpful, and I don't regret getting it. But it definitely was a stepping stone to finally branching off and starting my own business. So I was working full-time with some artists, and I was helping them create what they wanted to create and removing a lot of that baggage of marketing and curatorial and all of that. And honestly, just lying in wait for my medium. I wasn't set on neon at the time, but it was still in my psyche, in the back of my mind. And on a whim, I asked a friend, you know, hey, have you, you know, any drawing or painting or neon classes in the area? And they're like, oh yeah, my friend's opening a neon school. And I was like, what? Are you serious? I asked you if you knew of drawing classes in Seattle and you know of a neon school? (laughs) Like, how is that even possible? So, Long story short, I was able to be in the first class at Western Neon School of Art in 2018. And and again, I just described this whole long journey of I I know myself and, and I was ready to accept the opportunity that presented itself. And so when I put that first tube in the fire, I was like, oh, I literally saw my future just like flash before my eyes. And it, it just felt right from the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. And so... That's how it started. I took that first class and I was just so hungry for more. So more knowledge, more access, more um, training. And so all of 2018, I I went to any shop that would let me come visit. And I any any vendor who would be willing to give me a moment or a full workshop of training, I I went and took it and and used it. And um, it was a really enriching experience. Like I've, I've had the pleasure of being in at least... 12 to 15 different neon shops at this point and have learned so many interesting techniques and by the end of the summer of 2018 it was clear that I had to have my own shop if I wanted to keep practicing and so that was one of the sort of tenets that my studio was founded on is especially since we have this school here you leave with six weeks of like you finish a project but you're not getting the skill and knowledge that it takes to become a true neon journeyman or journey person and so that I was like that's I just have to do it it literally became a necessity for me and so I searched and searched and I found 
one place in this whole city that would allow open flame. And I just started. And honestly, along the way, there were so many amazing gifts. I, I've met so many amazing and interesting people. I, I was trying to get, gather my equipment and I bought a few pieces of equipment from a guy in San Diego, but later I found out that I paid way too much for that equipment, which was a real bummer. So I learned a lesson there. But then just in passing, I, I found this, this man on Facebook and his name is Dino. And he reached out to me. He said, hey, I see you have some fervor for this and you're really interested in it. And I, I just want to know if you're really committed. And, and I said, yeah, I, obviously I can only tell you in words. I can't show you with my behavior or anything because you're, you're in Chicago and I'm in Seattle. And he said, okay, well, my friend Laura and I used to bend together at a shop outside of Chicago. And she recently died of breast cancer. And now that I see how committed you are I feel like she'd love her fires to live on through another lady vendor and he said if you can pay for shipping I will give you her fires and I was just like bah, seriously Aww. it was the most beautiful kind thing ever and so I feel like my story for my shop is really sprinkled in with a lot of these amazing generous people as well as a lot of really tenacious scrimping and scraping and working to try to make this in the world and so that's sort of like the beginning that's that's how we started mm -hmm. to uh, borrow a meme on a non <laughs> media source <laughs> see meme in the links on below yeah. this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i have i mean i have a million stories now which kind of feels fun because when i first got started i felt like I was meeting these great, you know, 30-year neon vets, and they had all these, like, cool stories. And I was like, oh, that's neat. You're right, so yeah. fun. And now I'm like, okay, three, almost four years in, wait, whatever time is. And I'm like, okay, cool. I have some, I have some stories now. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yeah. I can, I, I can riff off of that by saying that, like, the moment I got into this business, in a qu air quotes, uh, as an unpaid intern, I had stories. I got, I got like the second. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, my first experience was at Greg Brenner's shop in Atlanta, Georgia, called the Neon Company. They're still there, and they do a majority of the neon in movies that ha that are filmed in Georgia. I think they've done Galax oh, cool. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and all kinds of wonderful movies. And <clears throat> I got some money from my graduate degree for the summer to do some research and I was a jewelry student at the time so I was um studying craft and uh very much into the history side of things North Carolina has a very deep rich craft history that's fascinating and um I really needed to figure out whether or not you could make neon that was wearable because it was like in my brain and I called every neon shop that I could find in the phone. I actually looked in a real phone book and like on the online and, you know, all the places <laughs> that you find information that's not necessarily um, up on the SEO, as it were. That's that's so smart. The phone book. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, amazing. I got a lot of zero. Like I got a lot of disconnected numbers and I got a lot of. <laughs> Uh, people that were like, we don't do neon anymore. And I got a lot of people not answering the phone. And then I got Greg. And Greg was like, 
<clears throat> what do you want to do? And I explained, I was like, I just want to know whether or not this is for me. And I will just come sweep your forest for two weeks because I have this money that will pay me to come down there. You don't have to pay me. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and <clears throat> the moment I show up, it's the middle of July. It's so hot. And there's a Georgia Tech is in the middle of the city. And there's a tower in the middle of Georgia Tech Tower. And it has neon, says tech on each side of the tower. And neon, big block letters, double double stroke. And we, they just handed me, handed me some, some gloves and some (laughs) tools and threw me in a van and we drove down there and we got out of the van and we're we're walking up some normal steps in the tower and then we get to some wooden steps in the tower and then we get to some super old ladders, (laughs) wooden ladders in the tower at the very top. And then I watch this guy like rappels down this freaking tower to just replace this E unit and then there's just like super cool graffiti from all times, all the times. I think part of what hooked me was I was like, wait, I can get into places that other people can't get to and see like cool graffiti <laughs> from like the class of 88. Go, go Georgia Tech or whatever. Or like Sarah's a bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, I was, it was hooked to me instantly. I was like, this is the lifestyle yeah. like, I want to pursue. Yeah. I mean, seriously, same. Like, I I did do a fair, like, a tiny bit of rock climbing, and in indoor, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that fancy, <clears throat> and it's I realized then that I'm not afraid of heights, and that's the other thing that attracted me to neon. I was like, I could climb that skyscraper and just like chill on a swing outside up there. Okay, I will do that. That yeah. sounds excellent. That's where. That's where we're very different, but I respect that. I respect but that about dangerous, you. Yeah, fun. I'm definitely a person yeah. who's like, who would like me to pay them to get in this bucket truck? Because it's not me. Because I lock up. I can't do, I can't think properly. I, I don't trust. It's not that I think I'm going to fall. It's that I don't trust machines ah. to keep me up in the air because that's not where I'm supposed to be. Gravity's making me, wants me to be down on the ground and that's nature's yeah, okay. way. I don't. I, I feel the same way when I'm flying in an airplane. I mean, that's different. I am weirdly afraid of flying, but that's the end of my heights fear. So it sounds like we need to meet halfway, and I'll go climb the tower for you, and you can bring like half the neon, and yes. it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's like, yeah, the the draw of like, yeah, because all these old timers they have all these crazy stories because being a neon person kind of. I think opens a lot of doors to you conversationally Mm. that like normal or civilians don't necessarily get to like, you're like, you're a neon person. Like this happened to me literally two weeks ago. I was at like my new favorite place in Durham. It's called the green room. It's an older, um, pool pool hall. It was actually in the movie bull Durham, which is pretty fascinating, but it's, it's awesome place. And I just noticed they had some neon that was out and a few of them that were on and that were cool. And I was like, yo, here's my card. I, I repair those. Um, I'd love to help you out. If you have any that you think are worth repairing, let me know. And he was like, yo, I got so much neon in the basement. You want to come look at all this stuff? And I'm Ooh. like, I definitely want to go in this basement. Seriously, <laughs> Take me to your basement, sir. It, it was cool. There were a lot of older neon signs that like that said billiards and pool and cool stuff like that. Oh, and like cool. stuff that you, you just get. I don't know if you if you tell if tell the right people what you do, you will be like amazed at like the collections people just have yeah. around. 
And if you know the right kind of terminology for the people that are like really discerning, there was this guy in St. Louis who was like, had a really cool collection. You could tell it was like in air quotes for sale, mm-hmm. but like nothing had prices on it. And it's all like beautiful porcelain stuff. And I'm talking to my partner, Jacob, and I'm like, oh, look at this porcelain. Look at this, these housings. And I'm using these terms. And he, he's like, I could see his like ears kind of creep up. <laughs> And, like, realized that I oh, was, like, legit. knew what I was, somewhat yeah. what I was talking about. And I was, like, this color's beautiful, like, whatever. And he, and then he took me to his, his, like, extra special fancy area that definitely wasn't oh. for sale. And there were, like, like, the really nice pieces in there. And so that's where you get, like, you gotta, gotta talk to people. Yeah. Find their neon g- g- gold hordes. Yeah. <laughs> it's this, like, old school positive kind of networking like I feel like networking gets such a bad rep but it's this it's a very relational field because you know it's kind of this antiquated technology but it's also these interesting people who make a living by interacting with other interesting people who have a goal they want to make literally in light in the world and so it's this like if you reach out they can say no like I (laughs) I called one man here to see if he would teach me, and he literally was like, no, I don't want to do it, and then hung up on me. <laughs> and I oh was like, God, oh, yes. okay, bye. But that's but that's <laughs> not always the rule, you know? That's sometimes the exception, and, and I feel like that's what's so cool is you have a bunch of these other people who haven't really moved, taken their collection into the more modern, like, online experience, and you can actually be like, hey, yeah. Like, we're clearly speaking the same language. I want to see your cool stuff. And, and like, they get to see, be appreciated, too. It's a fun, like, mutually beneficial yeah. experience. Yeah, and that's, I think, the, the thing that I find the most is that a lot of people who do what we do are just trying... They they get so excited when they find someone who's, yeah like, our age that's interested and has a general knowledge of of other stuff that's like yeah. I don't know I came at this through metal smithing and the torches are very similar and mm. talking about metal and and things they kind of go hand in hand with glass mm. and um understanding you know uh fire yeah just fire in general um and how materials cool and 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 get you know anneal differently mm-hmm. um you just you do the same sort of annealing in metals than you do in glass it's mm neon anyway um so it's like pulling you know finding mentors in really strange places i feel like we mentor each other Mm. constantly um yeah you you constant you you uh you uh asked me to consult on a flasher issue just (laughs) just not a week ago yeah um which i helped in a limited capacity oh a gigantic way she is so totally playing down how she (laughs) saved my life and how often dj saves my life i can't even tell everyone that she is terrific and i'll just be like i'll be like i know it's midnight your time but can i just run this past you i just need to take a breath and a beat and i feel like i need a like slightly more professional than me person to just look at it oh that's nice of you yeah of course you're terrific oh professional words words that i don't i understand um yeah, no, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think finding mentors and, like, I, you're talking about nonprofit. Like, I feel like 
you know, learning what you don't want to do is just as important as what you do realize you want to do. 100%. Seriously, you stole my, like, tagline to anyone who ever asks for advice. I'm like, you got to take off the list what you don't want to do. It makes the list smaller. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think it's really interesting, like, if someone mentioned, like, you know, I, I feel like every neon person can identify, like, uh, uh, identify with, like, some, somebody who's, who comes in the shop who's a, a neon appreciator, and they always say something to the regard of, oh, this is a dead or dying art. They say the <laughs> word dead to you. They're just like, this yeah. is dead. You're like, you're like a necromancer. And, yeah. and that's not what, like, well, that's what happens of. in my brain. But, yeah. uh, and, and I think, well, before this, I was doing cloisonne enameling, so... I don't even know what those were, the first word of that yeah, is. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> Metalsmithing has taught me that if, if anything's possible, like, you can market a craft, it, like, in any way. Like, I really mm. feel that mm. there's... Cloisonne is a bad example, because no one knows what it is. <laughs> it's an enameling process with ground-up glass. So with glass involved, it's just... Oh, that's cool. It's a decorative fo- art form that started in France. And um, I, I was in love with it, because you're basically drawing with glass. Huh. And, like, wire lines. Um, it's kind of like a, a stained glass meets coloring book. But... Um, I mean, you just figured out the marketing pitch for it right there. Well, it's great, and it's like you see it in th- in, in antique shops and stuff, and nobody really gives a shit about it anymore, and that's fine. But <laughs> I loved it, and I loved the process, and I was just like obsessed with selling these things. And so, something like neon is not dead to me. Like cloisonne yeah. enamel is dead. Like there's a very niche <laughs> market for that, and it's in the in the fine art craft community, and that's fine but it's like not anywhere near as big and popular and important i think historically to america in general as neon is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it doesn't scare me that neon is so niche and so hard to find materials and so you know kind of ephemeral and it's trying to learn it because uh i've been i've been finding really hard niche things to to do if I could find an underwater basket weaving class, you know, I'd be I'd be there. All in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, until they offer a uh, underwater basket weaving class, tell me a little bit about how you got your shop up and running. You told me a little bit about how you got to neon, but you know, tell me more. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so after I got, I did the Greg Brenner situation in, in Atlanta, I went back to jewelry graduate school and didn't think about neon again for five years. Uh, four years, probably, I went to Arkansas and I did some nonprofit work at a craft school there in the Ozarks and learned a lot about organizing educational programming and mm-hmm. sourcing art artists for teaching um, educational programming mm-hmm. and we had a top of the line blacksmithing shop, wood shop, metal jewelry shop, and um, painting and drawing studio. So it was a pretty cool setup, and I learned a lot about blacksmithing and a lot about. I was the marketing programmer too, so I learned a lot about like what works and what doesn't work in trying to sell a craft or a class or an experience to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that maybe someone doesn't necessarily have the money to spend on a huge blacksmith custom gate for their house and their country home, but they have enough money they can save up to do a one-week class to learn how to make knives. 
So it was kind of an interesting uh, uh, education there. And then I kind of puttered out because the town was is very touristy. It was hard to find a place to live that was within uh, livable means. And then also um, Arkansas was really far away from my family, which is in the Mm -hmm. northeast. So I wanted to find something back in North Carolina, maybe. And I saw that an artist that I followed named Nate Schaefer had started a shop named Glass with one S. And I was kind of seeing rumblings about it on Instagram. And I decided to just message him. We had a good relationship online. Up until that point, I kind of kept up with his shenanigans and he kept up with mine. And uh, I asked him if he needed an assistant or an apprentice or something like that. And I sent in my resume and it took a couple like a couple days, but then he pretty much agreed to, to, to bring me on. And I was there for almost four and a half years. No, four years, I think. Yeah. And, um, and then I, 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 in between that time, I worked on so many projects. It was an amazing experience. I learned so much. Uh, but I my, met my partner who lives in Durham and uh, among a lot of other COVID and other things happening, I decided that I needed to really scale down my amount of activity. Like I was really spreading myself really thin. And so I decided I wanted to start my own thing that I could customize what I, what customers I said yes to and what projects I wanted to take on and be closer to my family and my dog and all and my garden and all the things that I enjoy doing outside of my awesome job that I also enjoyed doing. So um, I decided I needed to start Hex and with Hex comes two other people that I consider also my mentors, Morgan Crook, who wrote, uh, co-wrote the book on neon, um, neon engineers notebook, something everybody should have in their collection. If they're trying to start their own shop, it's a, I, I think it's better than what they call the Bible because it's just, I feel like it's so much more easy to read. Um, I, I don't have an easy time reading technical books, so the short kind of bursts of information in that book that are in small paragraphs is really helpful and a lot of awesome puns that are so yeah. great. <laughs> so many puns. Um, I, I second all of that. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and then Robert House, I have to talk about cause he's like the mentor I've never met. Uh, we met on, uh, the awesome Facebook page, Neon and Plasma Beginners that I'm an admin for. I wasn't an admin at the time, but I had a avalanche of questions because I was starting my own place, and uh, he was always the one with the most thorough answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just started ans- ans- asking him directly. I just was like, hey, do you mind if I Zoom call you to show you how my manifold is hooked up to my bombarding, like all my bombarding stuff so I don't kill myself? Yeah. He's like, absolutely. And then he's like, you need more insulation here. You need to this placement is weird. You need to put this somewhere else. And, um, he's helped me unseize my mechanical pump the first time I turned it on. Cause it was <laughs> all the oil had drained out of it in the box. I moved it in and I had no idea. Um, cause I'm a moron. So yeah. And here we are. Uh, that was in January. So when I started, so I'm a baby shop and yeah. I'm, I'm in a very small space. I have one table and two fires and a small, very small aging situation. And it's going good so far. I have an amazing 
a partner in crime named Tim O'Donnell, who actually is located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But when I need him, uh, he comes down or I go up and we kind of cover a good amount of space between the two of us. And he's been instrumental in building that shop. I can't Mm. thank him enough for how much he's helped me mentally and physically um, (laughs) is an understatement. So, yeah, it's... It's 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 taken a village to get here, and I think that's yeah. no one does it by themselves, mm-hmm. and I think that's the really hard thing for people. People, I've I've just so just just a week ago, I had a, a person contact me on Instagram asking how to get into uh, neon in general, and they felt really excluded from it and didn't know where to start and thought that they just had to buy a bunch of equipment all together and just start it from scratch and read a bunch of books, but like you mentioned about your your amazing gift. I mean, I I I've got my equipment. Everybody's equipment story is different and no one I think buys a shop. Like if that happens is so rare and so like precious, like that's good for you if you can find a full on shop that's for sale and you can afford it and you can move it and that's something that you can do cuz holy crap, that's a lot as someone who's done that in bits three times. So my, my shop is basically a Franken shop of three different shops. One of them was a gentleman in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina called Terry. He's a nice guy. And his wife was basically like, get this shit out of my garage. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want a quilting. I think she wanted a quilting studio or something. And he worked for a Firestone company and was retired and just wasn't getting back into it, but he did repairs and stuff. So he had a pretty, MacGyvered shop, which was awesome. Um, I learned a lot just going through the stuff he gave me. And one of those things was kind of an old metal manifold that was kind of a dinosaur. And I used that. I wasn't going to use that because it terrified me. I wanted to get a real nice manifold that I did through Morgan. I got that's part of my shop. But I traded him. That's the other thing that I love doing. I love trading with people so much. Like, if I find a cool piece of ephemera or history or a piece of equipment, like, I got the craziest diffusion pump I've ever seen from one of the guys I bought shop for. Like, I bought a bunch of equipment in Queens, New York. I got it off eBay. I had Morgan and a bunch of other people vouch for this guy. I drove there with cash. It was terrifying. <laughs> uh, but he was really cool. And he was like, hey, I, I, I just, we were talking, we were just shooting the shit and talking about history and neon stuff. Cause he's like one of the last, someone told me he's one of the last union bender, union neon benders in, in New York city. Oh, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. That's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know how true that is, but it's really interesting part of, uh, his story and, uh, his name's Steve. He's, he's great. And he's, uh, apparently selling uh, often sells um to people so i can totally get uh, anyone in contact with him he often has equipment for sale um but he was like oh you seem really interested in the history of all this and i was like because i was asking all these (laughs) questions and i'm like yeah i just was at this place and this guy had all these cool diffusion pumps and i've shown him pictures and he was like i got something else for you i just want to give it to you hold on one second and he goes back to his storage unit and comes out with this diffusion pump, this, like, three-stage diffusion pump. I've never seen anything like it. It was, like, a piece of artwork. It had little ele- heating elements inside of it. What? Like, in the glass. Yeah, it was nuts. And the little electrode thingies. Anyway, never going to use it. I was like, oh, cool, I'll have something weird for my shop to put it on the wall or something. 
and then eventually, basically, I traded it for my man, my actual man of my boar silicate manifold because it was so interesting to someone who 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 made my manifold. He wanted to have it, so it was just kind of like this. Of course, you should have this. You would appreciate it way more than I would, and yeah. I get to <laughs> yeah. work. Thank you. Thank you. Your contribution is greatly <laughs> appreciated. Yeah. 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 And then my glass was all. Uh, I sold. I bought from a awesome shop in South Carolina that was um, downsizing their neon production area, and I got a very large amount of glass for a very little amount of money because I was willing to move it out of their space. So a lot of times, if you're willing to drive across country to pick something up, it might be free. You know, some people Seriously. just need it gone, which is, yeah. you know, a real real thing. Um, yeah. So the and, gas and money honestly, sometimes to is add worth to it. that. Yeah, sorry for interrupting it, but to add to that, no. I I had the same experience of like piecemealing it. Like I did not buy a shop, so I was gifted those fires, and then I was connected to a man in Indianapolis who had this like old '90s pumping station. So like we flew there, and picked it up and put it in my friend Dino's garage, my mentor I was talking about, and like he stored it for us for a month till I could get it out to me. So like all of this feels inaccessible because to some degree it is but it's it doesn't have to happen all at once you can take the time and like you know work yourself up and find partners along the way like if you can only bend for a little while but someone will pump your pieces for you you know there's there's all kinds of ways to kind of like bring our other slogan in here of like community over competition it's kind of like the beautiful thing i think we want out of our future too is yeah is that like yeah and using using your community that you have around you, I mean, there's mm. there's a neon shop in every state, just about at least mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not all very welcoming, but somebody care gives a shit about whether or not this this survives. Yeah, and you just got to find the people that do because they want you to learn it, whoever you are. Yeah, so about, they, <laughs> they want should. you. To- they want you to help carry on their legacy, too. You're a part of yeah. a bigger legacy. That we, right. I mean, we get to change some of it. Like, some of the legacy of Neon is quite terrible, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. But we are, I mean, plug here. We're eager to talk about that in the future on another episode. Because as you can see, we're pretty nerdy about the history and the content <laughs> around all this. So that would be why, enter the phrase nonsense, we... Neon <laughs> adjacent. Here. Yeah, Neon adjacent. <laughs> For sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like we so. have, there's a wide net that yeah. we're gonna cast, and yeah. that's part of the fun of it. I think sometimes we'll talk about movies. Sometimes we'll talk to real people who do it. I would love to speak with it. some architects, some graphic designers, um, yeah. people who are outside of neon but appreciated in their own version, their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. Because yeah. it's it needs to be something beyond an Instagrammable piece of piece of art. We also are really looking forward to bringing in a diverse range of voices and people. We want to talk to new people who maybe have even only had one neon workshop, but have interests and questions, and be supportive both in the content that we share, but also bringing those people on and and being able to show and share what they're working on, what the, the struggles they might be facing. And in addition to, like, seasoned neon people, as well as DJ was saying, 
bringing in more sort of like neon adjacent things. So architecture and architects who are designing buildings and how we can incorporate art into those buildings from the beginning rather than kind of getting, cause at least, at least I, I speak for myself. There's a lot of people that are like, Oh yeah. And we want a neon sign there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, well you could have brought me in 16 weeks ago and we could have like planned out the electrical. Mm-hmm. And so like all of those sort of details that we, we kind of want to cover here on this podcast. Cause there are little details that if you know and you're working in neon, you can be prepared for. Yeah. And then if you're not in neon and you're interested in it, you can bring those things up as they come along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think being able to go through each episode and kind of we we're hope to theme them sequentially um, in a way, kind of set through the the different ideas of how how setting up a shop works, the different parts of the shop. Um, we, we hope to have people on that are much more um, knowledgeable than us on these topics to even school us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, what's a manifold? Yeah. We just said it like 50 times. We can yeah. talk about what a manifold is. Why, is it, why can't it be called a womanifold? <laughs> you know what? That is an I'm excellent sorry. question. Uh, get ready everybody (laughs) yes seriously brace yourself (laughs) because we're here and this is happening (laughs) you can't yeah okay dj i have some ridiculous questions for you to just like let people know who we are yeah 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 okay so if you had the power of flight where would you fly on your first flight I have questions. I know I don't not supposed to have questions. I'm, uh, I guess I would fly to. Oh, okay. I know. I would want to like crawl up inside uh, one of the heads of the Route Rushmore and do something silly with their noses. Ooh, yeah. boogers, perhaps. <laughs> That's what I choose. I choose graffiti is what I choose. What about you? I would probably fly myself. All right, I'm going to break the rules and make it two, twofold. I would fly over Vegas so I could, like, enjoy the lights at night. But then I would go to Paris and I would just cool. be there forever. And I'd fly around there and not pay for all the things you have to pay to go into. Okay, next question. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, tell me a story or a time when you broke the most the most epic breakage of a neon sign in your lifetime here. So so far. So far. I should put that caveat because there's, you know, still time. Everything's broken in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm going to write that in neon. Yeah, it's something I say too many times. Um I remember it vividly. It was the first neon sign I ever made for a client in air quotes. Oh, no. Uh, she is a good friend of mine. Her name's Lisette. She's an amazing jeweler. And she had a baby. Her name, her baby's name is Tallulah. Aww. And I love Tallulah. I do not love Tallulah's name in fonts, <laughs> in script. And for my first piece that had letters in it. But I did it for, I think, a bridal shower party. 
I can't remember if it was for her bridal shower or just a gift, but um, it was a lot of loops and a lot of teas. Or that, yeah, yeah, there was a tea in there, and one is enough. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I, I made it. It pumped okay. I put it on a plexiglass background. I put it. I used brackets to put it on the wall, and I put it on the wall, and it turned on. And then I took out my phone to take an Instagram picture, and I took the Instagram picture, and then it fell off the wall. No! It's like even in front of them, too. Yeah. That's epic. I should have got a video of it. It would have been great. Um, it, uh, It was the... I didn't use through bolts for my brackets. I'm a moron, and I thought that I could just screw into... Uh, plexiglass with small, really short screws that would hold Ooh. it somehow. So, yeah. So many lessons. It's like so sad how many lessons we've learned. <laughs> yeah. Along the way. <laughs> through bolt your plexiglass, everybody. Through bolt it. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to report that I haven't made enough to like really truly have an amazing epic breakage, but I did have a kind of like a bummer. One. Okay, so I should preface this with uh, one of my local ladies that is terrific is Coco Jameson, and she has this saying that it's just glass. It, it breaks. It breaks all the time. So I always tell myself that. But I was, I had taken a, a workshop at Western with Casey Lees. She's another, um, other, another terrific bender person in our community. And I made this fun little squiggly cloud. And I was preparing it for a show. Like, I literally was about to take it to put in a group show. And as I slid the boot on the electrode, it just, like, split in half. <laughs> I was like, oh. It's always right before the show. So it was that was mostly the thing. It's like, it really wasn't a big deal that this clear piece was broken. But, yeah, I was like, cool, I guess I need to make something new. Which is usually the problem, because it has to be remade, or you have to make something new. And yeah, then you have a time crunch. Yeah. Yeah, and no matter, it's like, uh, I consider it a really good job when it happens the first time and it gets installed and no one's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like there's no like, oh, I thought this would be, insert any other thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and that's happening <laughs> more and more because of ne- uh, LED ne- neon in yeah. quotes. Because, I've know. only had one client, uh, I've only had one client be like, um, it's really bright. Yeah, no and shit. I was like, friendo, <laughs> friendo, is that, is that what, I was like, I, I offered you the, like, mercury-free one where it's not as bright. Yeah. But I can't just change that. You could put you. it on a dimmer, but that's an extra, like, you have to unwire, t- take it off, and then you have to. Right, yeah. right, right. And I, and I was like, would you, would you like to pay for a dimmer? And they were like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, way to be enthusiastic about yeah. your epically custom-made neon sign. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. I mean, we could do, we could definitely go down this path forever and ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what this but, is about. Okay, but I have one more, I have one more uh, nonsensical question for you. Right, shoot. So, what's the best thing you cooked or baked during our stay at home last year? Uh, it was a lot. I am a procrastinator. Um, 
What does that mean? Uh, it means procrastinating. I bake brownies or cakes or something that I Oh, it's your vice yeah. for... Pro- oh, yeah, I yeah. see. I, I um, but I... I've been obsessed with food YouTube channels in the in the COVID and specifically mm. um, this guy named Maddie Matheson who's kind of like if Jerry Springer and cooking shows went together. I love him <laughs> so much. He's such a crazy ass. Uh, it's that very, is the most epic description I've ever heard. It's great. Like you, you check him out. He's can, yeah, I'm don't doing it. He's yeah. Canadian. It's 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 there's. I'm running it down right Trigger warning: There's a lot of meat. I'm just saying it. <laughs> I mean, all cooking shows are meat. For the I record, I do not eat meat or dairy or eggs. And we love and you. It's anyway. one of my things, and it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have to be weird around me. You can still eat what you eat. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to let you know that there's like <laughs> copious amounts of like it's like he was born from a, an Arby's or something. I don't know. I can definitely like hear the thud of meat falling on the table. Yeah, like, I still know that sound. Uh, he did a duck. Faux soup, I believe, was what it was. And so mm. for Christmas or Thanksgiving, I can't remember which holiday, um, uh, I got a duck from Costco. They have them there. <laughs> and uh, mac, mac. and I, I made it like a roast duck, and that was delicious and fine and okay, and, and all the normal things, potatoes and carrots and peas and that was delicious and it was good for just the two of us because it's little but then with the carcass and the rest of the (laughs) other stuff i made the best Mm. the best soup broth ever i know carcass is so (laughs) such a good cooking term but just so yeah i love it i do love like taking bones and weird shit from grocery stores that people don't usually eat and i love cooking it down into what looks like meat jello and then eating it in a soup. I love it so much. It makes me so happy to like work on something for 12 hours and then feel like physically nourished by it. Like it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. Excuse me. Do you have more bones in the back? Yeah. Can, oh, you. and then I think I made an oxtail broth too. That was really, really, really yeah. good. And then I freeze it and then we make dumplings every once in a while and I throw them in, in the broth. So that's, my really long answer. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for pretending to sound like it's delicious. <laughs> You're really good at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that you find it delicious, yeah. so I'm I'm very pleased. I'm not you. wasting it's any nice. part of the animal. Yeah, terrific. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. What did you make? What did you do? Um, actually, okay, so I was actually inspired by Jess Crochel because last summer she was doing these amazing galettes and she was selling them, which again, uh, Jess is another fun neon person in our circle. Shout out, Jess. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, I can veganize that. Oh, yes. And so my partner is like a baking dabbler. So I don't really bake because I cannot follow a recipe. I will not do it. I refuse. Okay. All that to say, I learned to cook by feel. So like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just a guideline. So baking is no, I, no go. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work out for me. So I'm like, hey, babe, do you want to make some pastry dough for me? And so I basically convinced my partner to make like 
too much dough. And then we made these amazing savory galettes with sliced potato, caramelized onion, and caramelized garlic. And these now gone forever, pre-COVID gone forever, smoked Castrovetrano olives. There was this local butcher shop here who used to make them, and they are like the most decadent, fabulous thing I've ever had in my whole life. And I definitely, it's tangential to the story, went to a brewery and I was like, hello, I would like to, I heard that you have these olives. I'd like to buy all of your olives. And they're like, he's like, okay, here you go. Here's like three. And I was like, no, all of them. Can you please make sure there aren't any more in the back? And he come, came out with like six more jars. And I was like, thank you. This is what I need. Do they not make them anymore? No, because the, so the deli, or I guess deli, not butcher shop, same, whatever. The deli closed like in 2018 or something like a while back. And so I just like bought them all. Gotcha. I'll do. Anyway, all that to say, these amazing galettes with smoked cashable trana olives, potatoes, and it was like the most decadent thing ever. Yeah. It sounds delicious. I, it sounds like there's I a lot of the time. a lot of non butter in that. Yeah, a lot of non butter. If you want some excellent uh, dairy replacements, I'm here for you. Like, <laughs> I'm all about helping people find things that are delicious and not just like, ew, this tastes like shortening. You got tricked in the into a vegan podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Doop do doop doop. <laughs> Boop. So my question to you is yes. I think you already answered it though. You, you, you your first like real re- memory of a neon sign that oh. you really loved. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a kind of like second answer to that, which is I again growing up in the Northwest, I I love the market at Pike Place, and I've visited that you know the summertime. I feel like we come up and visit, and I just love the market. It's anyone who's around here or who's visited you just it's just surrounded you're surrounded by neon Mm -hmm. everywhere and -hmm. in fact they have an amazing historical mandate that if you put up signage it has to be neon it cannot be led which makes my heart even happier and even more prone to supporting and shopping there and things like that so it's this like excellent little place where i've always just felt so connected to the neon lights there Mm mm-hmm uh, I love that place, and specifically, there's a really awesome fish sign at the fish place that's, I think it says fresh inside of it. And yeah, it's yeah. Like flop, flopping around or whatever. Yeah, it's a little tail, like, goes bloop, bloop, so bloop. great. And I was like, that's such a great custom sign. And then I, ended, I was in, <sighs> where was I? Where's the Heinz ketchup place? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was in Pittsburgh, and they had one at, there was a fishery, uh, fishmonger on this one street that had a lot of, like, fish and butcher and stuff, and I was like, oh, that was a sign you could probably buy. Like, the can was all the same, everything was the same, so oh, I was like, what? oh, so it was kind of a, kind of, no, it's still cool, though. It's, like, yeah, kind yeah. of, like, who had, who had the Sears Roebuck of cans? Yeah. That would, like, go around and be like, here's this fish, and there's this cow, and here's this ice cream cone, <laughs> and here's this guy pouring some beer, and... And, like, wouldn't you like this? Like, I find that really interesting. Like, how did those two same signs end up in very different places? Yeah. Um, all that kind of weird logistical history is very fascinating. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Robert House, because every time I find a new thing about, like, a, a ledger or a picture from a weird 
uh, archive. I'm like, did you see this? You check this out. Have you seen this? <laughs> and he's like, I got two of those. Like, like I got that. I got that book. And like, he's like, got every actual thing. I'm like, I will stump you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shout out to Robert House. He literally from just an Instagram photo saw that I had put my ground wire in the wrong place on my bombarding. And he messaged mm-hmm. me very nice. He was like, hey, um, is that a ground there? And I was like, thank you for literally saving my life. I'm very, yep. I'm very grateful. I, yep. I, I, and I, I'm like, I was definitely going to double check that things were safe, but like, thank you for checking <laughs> before I Thank you checked. for doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that why, isn't that why people, like, I, I just assume you think people would put, you're sharing, it's called sharing. You know, you push the button, <laughs> it says share. share. You're sharing an image, you're like. Hey guys, does this look cool? Like, how's this? What's up with this? And then people get butt hurt when someone gives criticism. I mean, criticism c- can go a certain way, sure. Like, you That's can be nice sure. about your criticism, for sure. Everybody. Constructive. You can be constructive yeah. about it. But take take it from people who are older than you. I've been doing this for longer. Humility is important, and it's you don't know everything because you made a straight tube and you put electrodes on it. And maybe you didn't <laughs> even put those electrodes on. Maybe someone did yeah. that for you. Exactly. Uh, I think there's that's that's a certainly a a reason why um knee, like older people or people who have been doing it for longer are reticent of young younger folks because it is trendy. Yeah, yeah. It's there are there's a trend of people claiming that they bend neon and they don't and they're they're contracting out neon benders who should be getting credit for it in my opinion. And why would those people other than a paycheck, why would those people want to be friends and actual collaborators with those people if yeah. they feel like they're being taken advantage of? Yeah, which actually maybe that's a good segue to be like one of the things we care about a lot is becoming journey people in this yes. trade, and that's what connected us. Our so- love of the craft of what we do, and the fact that we are interested in becoming journey women in our field and eventually masters. And to educate, uh, coming from an education background mm-hmm. as well, I'm here to educate as much as I can. I know I don't know everything, but I know enough to be able to help. I think our love of the bending itself, not necessarily just the glow mm-hmm. of the light, is, is important to yeah. note. Mm-hmm. Because if we keep, if we just keep having people mm-hmm. that ha- know the very basics and like, kind of can make a tube that kind of works and it's doesn't make letters i hear so many people who are starting out you're like oh i don't like lettering i don't really like doing letters uh i feel like that's kind of a cop-out because it's just a shape it's just another shape just like all the other shapes that you're going to do in your conceptual art sculpture and it just (laughs) because it says you know girls 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 doesn't mean that it's anything less beautiful than your concentric circles in the ceiling or whatever your sculpture is. Um, But I think that we have to train the next group of neon people so that people who want to spend six grand on a cool-ass neon sign downtown in a city has have someone to go to. If you just have art neon people, people that are making gallery work that don't know how to make a UL certified sign that's, that that's, that's possible to mm-hmm. exist out in a hailstorm or in a hurricane. They're not gonna. They're not gonna exist at all. Like the ten percent, like the, the little one percent mm-hmm. of them that exist now are gonna be gone, gone. 
And that's what LEDs wants to happen. Yeah. And we can't let that yeah. happen. No, we cannot. And to be honest, as part of, like, you and I have realized the legacy that yeah. we've joined. And we wanted, right. like, we kind of were, like, grasping forward at that legacy. And we want to send the baton behind, too. Like, we want our legacy to live on, too. We want our hard work and love and passion to be available. And, and I feel like I we also share that same, like, hub of knowledge desire in this trade, too. Because there's so... So much of where we've come from is based in secrecy. Like, even being able to start up a yeah. shop today was not even possible in 1932. You know, it was a completely yeah. different system. And so so today, yeah. to be able to do that is just really exciting and empowering. And, and we love Neod! Ah! And so parts of these podcasts are going to be interviews. We're going to have uh, a call-in section for questions eventually. Um, we're, we're going to have, uh, round table discussions with multiple people. Um, and I hope to expand the, we hope to expand the content even further beyond that. Um, but for now, Allison, what kind of, uh, short term neon goals you got going on in your life? Well, I mentioned Pike Place Market. If you're a Seattle local, it's just the market but I won't be too bougie. <laughs> so one of my goals is I'd, I really want to have a neon sign that I've made that lives in the market. It's one yeah. of my like long-term goals. It feels special because it's a place that's inspired me forever, and, and that would be awesome. And, and then I also have sort of like lofty goals because honestly, it's pretty ridiculous, and that's who I am is ridiculous. And so some of my ridiculous <laughs> goals are having at least two pieces in a museum Mm -hmm. someday i'd like it to be while i'm alive that's mm -hmm. the, that's the lofty part of it is like mm -hmm. i want my pieces to be you know living artist and yeah that's something else i care about but that might be another full podcast later mm -hmm. <laughs> love it yeah absolutely how about you do you have any like goals in the works or long-term uh, it feels crazy to say this, but I think I'm currently working on it right now. I, I would oh. say if, if it was, um, if you had asked me this question a year ago, I probably, I would say I want to have a neon piece in a movie. Um, my partner and mm. I are, uh, avid movie watchers and collectors and, uh, we ha uh, we co- curate a pot, uh, Instagram called, uh, neon underscore zoetrope. Um, and it's, it's basically just every time we watch a movie, which is very often, like too many <laughs> times, um, uh, we'll stop it and we happen to have a pretty large, uh, television. So it's, it gets some pretty good photographs. And, um, I try to document as many neon signs and films and across every genre and, um, country, everything. It doesn't matter. Um, and time, cool. uh, recently found one in a Godzilla movie that was really cool. There was a Godzilla movie that had aliens or something and the aliens in their ship, there was like a rotating globe that had neon around it and it was uh. in black, it was in black and white. So it was probably white or something, but it was, it was cool. It was really neat. And it was like, just for like the split second. And I was like, why would uh. you build that? I love it. <laughs> just like no time. I mean, maybe it was edited in a way for America that you couldn't see it as much, but um, I love shit like that. I just love finding little Easter eggs in movies where it's just like, that neon sign is 
painted like yeah. with block out like all <laughs> over it why yeah. <laughs> uh, i love that so that's that's my goal and it's happening um i'm doing a, sh- a sign for a, for a movie that's filming in boston in september Yay, congratulations so, so exciting. thank you i'm yeah. really excited about it i think that's all i can say right now but um yeah yeah uh it's going to be well, crazy. Yeah. I'm going to be that person where I'm like, yeah, it's installed. Um, but I think I should sit here and wait, watch <laughs> it, like make sure it works during filming. Is that cool? Yeah. If I like sit over by the craft <laughs> services table and chill and obsessively watch everybody acting and doing their jobs. That's not me. Yeah. Um, they probably won't go for that, but we'll see. And then I'll just quietly whisper to people walking by. I made that. I made that. <laughs> I made it. Hey, pst, I made see that i made it yeah so uh yeah that's uh i hope that you uh you get your market goals i know you will do that eventually because you know it's just bound to happen i mean cheers to our neon goals yeah cheers to our neon goals i am so excited to do this with you um and i think it's great we're on different sides of the country Mm -hmm. we got lots of things to cover Hope you enjoyed our uh, dog podcast and vegan podcast mixed into our neon nonsense podcast. <laughs> yeah, get ready. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The genre is ever expanding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and next po- next on the podcast, we will have the amazing and talented Eve Hoyt, Woo! who is a neon bender from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We can't wait to have her on the show and ask her all kinds of nerdy questions yeah. about her shop. I've been there a couple times. It's magical. So jealous. Yeah. Um, so she's already agreed. She's on the hook. She Woo-hoo. can't say no now. <laughs> uh, and other people that we have coming down the line, Robert House, speak of, speaking of him, and then also Morgan Crook and many other yeah. lovely people have verbally agreed to me or on Facebook. Yeah. So it's a legally binding. Yeah, legally binding. You're a mentor, so you're going to have to be on our podcast. Welcome. Welcome. It's your fault. You mentored us. Yeah. It's your fault. You created a monster. You started this. (laughs) Thanks so much, y'all. Thanks for tuning in, and let us know if you have questions or suggestions for a topic. If y'all are on Facebook, we'd love to continue the conversation over on our Facebook page called Neon Nonsense Neighborhood. Um, there you'll see any kind of things that we mention. We'll be adding all kinds of links for you. Um, if we mention any kind of sponsors or people that we love to, uh, hype up their work or, um, companies that sell cool products that we like to use all the time. We'll have all, all that information for you and you can ask questions and start a conversation. And then also, um, while you're at it, you might as well go over and, uh, add yourself to the neon beginners page neon and plasma beginners uh there is already many hundreds of people possibly thousands of talking about neon in all kinds of of capacities from all over the world it's um become quite a lovely um little group of people uh i enjoy it Uh, you can find both of us individually at hex neon on instagram and myself at radiant neon on instagram so connect with us we want to hear from you we want to hear your questions yeah what have you been having issues with what do you hate about neon what do you love about neon what is your favorite color we want to know we 
want to know. All of it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Nailed it.